Hi, I'm Ruth Connell. I play Rowena on Supernatural, and you are listening to Spoiler Country. It's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John, and Henrik, and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. United Armies of the Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That's Mr. Horsley, and today on the show... Well, it's Ruth Connell, isn't it? Yeah, we got Rowena from Supernatural to come sit and talk with us and talk about all the things that, well, she wanted to talk about. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Kenrick runs most of the shows normally on this one, and uh, Jeff and I were there listening in, but for some reason, Kenrick decided to not have our volume up, so she couldn't really hear us, so we kept quiet, but we heard the whole thing We're there. It was... She was a blast. She was really cool. So why don't I just stop talking and let you guys go ahead and hear Ruth in her own words. All right, guys, welcome back. And today on the show, it's it's super exciting because we have somebody on that if you're a fan of Supernatural, you definitely know her. And... She has a big theater background. She grew up in right outside of, of Bonnie Bridge out of Scotland. And she, my six-year-old, loves her voice because she knows her as Merida in Sophia the First. Ruth Connell, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. What a lovely introduction. Oh, awesome. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She loves Sophia the First. Well, she doesn't, she's not watching it as much anymore. I think she's starting to grow out of it, but man. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen every episode of that multiple times. I got um, I got the job as the official voice match for Princess Merida for Disney Pixar, and yeah. so I got called in for different things. And I got called in for this recording, and I just kind of swept in, did a couple, did one or two takes of everything, swept out, and then as the show started to air. I realized what a big deal Sophia the first was. Yeah. You know, I had no idea. And I was like, oh man, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I had no idea <laughs> at the time, but at least now I know, at least now I know I'm cool with the under sixes or so. Right. They love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you grew up right outside of Bonnie bridge. Yes. Where, if I'm looking at Scotland and you just tell me a Northwest Southwest, you know what I mean? Where is it on the map? There's a play called Dark Earth that That's David Harrower wrote, which is actually set on my farm because <laughs> it, it's the middle, middle point. So when I say it's the middle of nowhere, I, I literally mean it's the middle of uh, nowhere, but it's beautiful. Um, and it's five miles away from Falkirk, which is our nearest town. And 
you know, five miles is nothing, right, in America, but in Scotland, people will say, oh, you're not, you're not from Falkirk, you know, you're from Bonnybridge, Bonnybrig. Yeah. You see it. Uh, so, yeah. That's awesome. That's crazy. So you did you read the book and be like, that's my dad's farm? I, I actually went to see the play at the Traverse. The Traverse is one of the one of the main theatres in Scotland and Edinburgh where they show a lot of new writing and it's a big deal in the Edinburgh Festival, which you might have heard of. Yeah. And um, I saw a lot of my first plays there and David Harrower was a friend of my then boyfriend, who's mm-hmm. um, an actor in Scotland and met, met him, socialised with him. I think I actually at one point stayed in his old uh, flat in the new town. Anyway, um, I go to see his play. He's a very established writer, a wonderful writer. And so I go and see this play and I can't believe it because this couple get lost in a car on this back road, this this Lamanon road, and they go up to this farm, South Drum Farm, and like I'm like, oh my, like I couldn't believe it. And afterwards, I said, David, I saw him in the bar, and I said, David, do you know where I'm from? And he said, What do you mean? I said, I said, that's my house. He kept blanched. You know, he I don't know if he thought he made it up or he saw it on a map. This is middle point. And um, the funny thing is, is about this farmer and his wife and their only daughter, which was my situation. And also that these other, the neighbours, there was a, a one set of neighbours, which is true for us too. And these chuckies had got thrown, these farmers had thrown these chuckies like small stones. Okay. And I thought that was slightly offensive maybe to, to farmers, except <laughs> I, I got my dad to go and see the play and he was weeping with laughter because he's actually seen that happen. Oh, that's uh, funny. So, yeah, it's a, it's a funny old world. It's a funny old matrix that we live in. Does your dad still live there? He does, yes. And, you know, he's getting older now. He was yeah. 75 there and his wife Moira is there. And, you know, right now they're just glad that the weather's okay. You know, there's always stuff to, to be getting on with on the farm. Um, you know, and they're, you know, they're doing the isolation stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're doing okay. I just spoke to them the other oh, day. Oh, that's good. That's good. My mom is going to be 80 here in about four uh-huh. weeks. Oh. Yeah. And we got her. So... I'm kind of lucky we're having the whole COVID isolate, you know, we're all isolating, but I'm on one side, my sister's on the other side of the street and Johnny, my co-host is actually married to my niece and they're just a block down the street. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So we have all of our, a lot of our immediate family are right next to each other. And then we went and got my mom uh, who lived about a hundred miles away. Cause we were just like, you know, she was going nuts by herself. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's you know? good that you. So yeah. we just went and got her and, uh, it's good. It's 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 pretty crazy. How what is going on with COVID in Scotland? Is it is it rampant? It's kind of similar. It's similar. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, it's different in different areas of America, right? But yeah. basically, what I saw at the beginning was Britain was kind of like four or five days behind California with everything that got rolled out. Yeah. So they're kind of in a similar space right now. Um, I think some of the hospitals are kind of quite quiet and I'm not, I don't necessarily know in Glasgow, Edinburgh and the main cities, but certainly some of the more local hospitals and things are needing to open um, and, and starting to do that, which is important to my sister-in-laws are, are nurses, you see. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm here and my, 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 I have two stepbrothers and my stepbrother's a policeman and he's been working at Edinburgh airport, which wow. um, has been so deserted. Uh, bizarre, you know, yeah. he's on patrol. Here and there's, there's nothing going on. <laughs> right, no one's going in or out right now. Yeah. Well, I guess there's a li- there's some flights, right, but not a lot. I I had a we have a buddy that went on a flight because uh, he had a family emergency and he had to go on a flight and he said it was just bizarre because he's wearing masks. Some people didn't wear masks. The airline didn't do any kind of treatment to make sure that he didn't have a fever. 
even though oh, they really? told them that they that's what they're going to be doing none of it happened he was just it was so odd but luckily it's been like two weeks and he hasn't had anything so okay. we're good for that you know what i mean <laughs> well you have to thank your sisters for and your and your in your stepbrother for being a um one of those first line responders that's that's awesome yeah and one of them actually works in the respiratory ward uh, which is the covid ward yeah. and another one actually has a health issue herself so has to kind of be careful it's so scary uh, but yeah, but everyone's handling it very pragmatically. I think it was quite funny at one point in Britain. Um, they were, you know, they're checking on people, asking people not to drive if they didn't have to drive. Yeah. But going to get alcohol was considered a necessity. I don't know if I was just Scotland or. Well, of course or, it is. Come on, I got my well, vodka and I got all my drinks. I have to have something. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the park, but you can go and get a drink. Right, right. Uh, Cocktails are no. important. You know, so yeah. a good beer. <laughs> so where did you get the bug for acting how did this even occur i uh i I, find it very interesting yeah i remember when i was very little my mom was an amateur dramatics and i remember taking something on stage presenting something to somebody on stage when i was about four years old and being around the drama club and um, I remember uh, when I was very young, Forbes Masson, um, who is a very well-established actor now in Britain, he was a he was a big teenager. He ended up being Alan Cummings' uh, comedy partner and oh, cool. doing shows with Alan Cummings. So I kind of I was always had an awareness of theatre. I suppose from my my mum in that way. But I was a dancer. I'd been sent to dancing lessons to keep my cousin Ruby um, <laughs> company. And I just, you know, you see pictures of me like four or five and I'm like pointed toes and arms up straight and kind of <laughs> doing it all, all properly. And I, I seem to have a kind of aptitude for expression um, within dance. Yeah. And I I kind of, I realized that I love films and I saw probably quite a lot of adult-ish films because I was an only child with two grown, well, apparently grown-ups, right? We now know that we're not grown up at 30 or <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I just I I really loved Gone with the Wind. I loved all these old movies, and I was always shown Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies with my auntie Leah. We would watch black and white movies. Um, I just always loved it. And so, by the age of about nine or ten, I kind of really had this idea in my head that if I could be an actress and do some kind of really moving performance, that it would it would really mean something. That my life would mean something, which is a bit a bit. I don't know what that is. It's a little bit wanky or something. But, I, you know, um, but then, I, and, I, and I kind of followed the dancing through, and I, I, I didn't quite get into ballet school. I wasn't physically quite right, and that was pretty right. devastating. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but kept going, kept going. And I kind of thought maybe I could get into acting through musical theatre or something like that. I kind of thought I could go in that way because I was kind of a bit shy about saying I wanted to be an actor. I was 15 right. before I told anyone. Oh, and, be an actor i was a bit embarrassed um what what do you think was embarrassing about it was it just the the you had to have that big you have to be very gregarious in a lot of ways to be an actor i feel and you got to want to be a a lot of a lot of attention coming your way and being okay with that that's what it seems like yeah and so what happened was when i i got older i dated an actor i was a dancer in a show and i met an actor and mark and in meeting other actors and seeing these plays at the Traverse, I, I could see these two-handers 
and there'd be an audience of you know 100 people or and I thought oh, I could do that I could be in a play like that I could be on, a, on stage at the Lyceum I, you know it seemed to me that embarrassment was kind of like if I say I want to be an actor it's like I'm saying I want to be a movie star and that's just too far-fetched because I'm not a raving beauty I live in a farm in Scotland I'm nowhere near America you know I don't quite know how, how that, that that makes any sense so I think you know, being introduced to theatre and starting to see that maybe I could do that and then, you know, your horizons expand and and eventually I thought, you know, maybe I could get a job in television and I booked a, a TV show yeah. a few years yeah. in college and then I said to my, my friend Lee, um, I said to her, uh, you know, I'm still thinking about America and she said to me, well, you know, you've been saying that for seven years and I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. maybe I should get finger out and go so I, you know it's taken me quite a long time to, to get here and, and to, to really feel like I am an actor but I'm so glad I did I'm, oh, so glad I did. Oh, I'm happy you did I'm glad you did because watch it going back and looking at all your stuff that you've been going on uh, you're tremendous and and I have to disagree you are a raving beauty so oh. you're fine <laughs> on that respect. So not right now. I'm really not right now. <laughs> oh, you, they, we didn't tell you this was supposed to be video? No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I was looking all your stuff up, you told, and I'm hoping I can get you to repeat it, you told a funny, really funny story about the first time you tried to cook. Mm, in my new house. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, after, you know, being a supernatural and being in America for a while, I eventually managed to be able to get a mortgage here, which is, a, you know, a really big deal I'm really proud of. And yeah. yeah. So I get this lovely, I looked, I looked for a year and a half, I looked at houses and I saw over 100 houses. So to say that I really like my house is, you know, is putting it mildly. It's, right. it's a, such a cute little house you and love a lovely love street, you. quiet and, and just quiet. And there's a piece, I'll give you a bit of sci-fi um, uh, at the end of all. But um, I had just, I'd moved everything in. I'd gone to Scotland for Christmas and I came back. I was just back. And I'm, I've actually been doing quite a lot of cooking during COVID, but I'm really a, a bit lazy about cooking normally. Right. And so eventually right. I bought a slice of pizza from my local local place and I I put some some spinach on top. That was that was dinner, you know, I put some spinach on top. That was healthy, you know, I'm making the pizza healthy. <laughs> and uh, I put it in the oven and I worked out because it says royal and, and we have different terminology in, in the UK. So... I set the timer. I thought, oh, I've set a timer for eight minutes. And I go through to the other room and I get smell this funny smell. And I run back through and there's flames licking up the side of the gas cooker, the gas stove, you see. Did you turn and the oven I, off? Well, I I couldn't see. I tried to turn everything off, but the flames were going. Oh, no. I tried no. to grab, uh, I have a fire extinguisher and I couldn't get it to work. I then ran out. I had a little bra top on and a pair of pajamas, no shoes. I ran out the door, ran up to my neighbours, banged on my neighbour's door. <laughs> they had to be fire extinguisher as I'm dialing 911. And oh, so my I, God. Yeah, because I really I was worried it was gas, it was going to explode, and I didn't want my the wall to go on fire and let my neighbours down the hill from me, and I didn't want the wall or the house to somehow burn and land on him. Right. I really thought that's, right. that's not the first that's impression. That's so nice. You're thinking of your neighbor more than your actual house. <laughs> that's what I could see. I could see the house, embers of the house landing on him. So um, I, I'm on the phone, uh, phone 911, and uh, 
the fire brigade, the fire brigade. And they're like, ma'am, do you mean the fire service? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, my cooker's on fire, my cooker's on fire. Like, ma'am, do you mean your stove? Uh, and then they're like, is it, is it the broiler? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a boiler. I don't, I don't know what the broiler is. And um, I said, it's the drawer at the bottom. And that's apparently your broiler in America. Oh, who, I mean, how, who knew, right? right. So, uh, it was the night of the Grammys, um, so I think the fire. I think they were a bit annoyed that they'd been interrupted. So three fire engines pull up to my house, and the full hoses, everything. Wow! Because at this point, at this point, the whole house is full of smoke, and uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was to- you could smell how toxic it is. And anyway, <laughs> you were able to get that pizza out. Oh well, the pizza was char char grilled. And uh, we had to put open windows up, put fans oh and windows. God. It took three days to clear the smoke, and I had to get a cleaning company because I couldn't clean up some of the toxic stuff from the fire retardant. I didn't want to get into that. Um, yeah. And so uh, the cooker was fairly undamaged because apparently, if you're going to set fire to anything, the cooker is a pretty it's designed for hot temperatures. And uh, it turned out my mum and her husband Chris had been so kind to help me move in, and they put. The, a pair of oven gloves and all the paperwork for how the cooker worked, how the oven worked in the bottom drawer, which they thought was a drawer, not the broiler. Oh, no. So that's what had caught. <laughs> so oh. Caught. So it wasn't even you so, burning the pizza. It was the paper underneath that caught fire. Yeah, exactly. And oh. um, so anyway, to this day, I mean, all the neighbors were out in the street. Some of them were in my house. And so one of my friends recently kind of went to the wrong door and the, and the ladies who answered the door, you know, lived there, here their whole lives. And they said, oh, yeah, no, that's Ruth. You know, that, that's her house over there. She's the one that, you know, nearly set fire to her house. Uh, <laughs> so kind of how, how I know in, in the hood. How long have you uh, been? How long have you been uh, living there? I mean, I'd been there for a few, like a month or six uh-huh. weeks like that and also flying up to Vancouver and filming so I don't know I'd been there for a few weeks before Christmas kind of got moved in and managed to get a cooker in which was good um and then my first literally my first week back um of in in January I think I'd been at New Orleans a convention in New Orleans and come come home and uh yeah so yeah that's crazy dangerous women (laughs) (laughs) did uh how do your parents feel about you living here in America it's so far away they, you know, um, my dad, uh, when I first was moving out here, said to me, oh, I'm reading this book. It's all about crime crime in Los Angeles. You, oh, be, you be careful. It's the worst thing I you said, can dad, do. Dad, don't do that. And I said, you know, Glasgow's the second most dangerous uh, city in the world for knife crime. You know, maybe Ellie's going to be okay. And he kind of bought that a little bit. And my mum, my you know, I think she, I moved away to, you know, I moved away a while ago because I moved to London. So I've always kind of been you know, like, was it flexing my wings or whatever? Yeah. Um, so my mom and Chris, you know, they came out quite early on, as I said. And so they really love California. Nice. They really nice. like coming out here. And I'm, you know, I always joke that I'll, hopefully I'll get, you know, if I'm get another big show that maybe I can afford to put them in a retirement home in Palm Springs is the joke. And bring it <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but, my, my dad grew up in Orange County, not down there in Newport Beach, Laguna nice. area. So we used to go down there all the time, especially in the eighties. We'd there every summer and almost every Christmas. Uh, I, I love it down there. Lovely, yeah. yeah no, we're up in I Seattle. Love California. I, I, oh yeah, yeah, and I love Seattle as well. I've been there a couple of times for conventions. Um, Speaking of conventions, how well did you 
conform to convention life because I understand that if somebody gets onto a show like Supernatural, especially Supernatural has their own fan mm-hmm. conventions, uh, mm-hmm. that you might not be ready for the amount of attention and the amount of work that a convention actually happens to be. Uh, yeah. I, I, what I will say at the beginning, though, is it's the love is so overwhelming. Like yeah. the first few times for a panel when I would walk out on stage and there's just this wall of of sound and support. And, <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's dangerous because anything you say is funny, apparently, and you get this false sense of... <laughs> People, you know, to stand and talk. I'm stand up comedian because obviously I'm funny. <laughs> exactly, and it's just the fans are really generous, um, and so there's a lot of energy that really carries you through, and it's just so exciting. And I was so excited to meet so many of the other cast members that you know you never get to work with them actually on set, but you, yeah. some of my best friends now, um, like uh, Kim and Sam and Elena and um, Shoshana now and Lisa. Like I've actually only worked with Lisa Berry. Um, I haven't really filmed with anybody else. Or in Felicia Day, you know, all these people that I really count amongst my my friends. That's I awesome. um Yeah, and so that's wonderful. It's exciting, and there's a lot of whiskey sometimes that afterwards after the Saturday night special. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it develops, and you get it's, – it's the different muscle through your four years, four years in. And, um, I mean, it's changed my life, though, especially even just seeing – doing this and I'm obviously waffling on and on like I I was almost scared of interviews scared to say the wrong thing but doing these conventions and just you know falling falling on your face sometimes but always being caught by the fans and your fellow actors it gives you more confidence to do more public speaks and things so it's helped me um it's really I feel like it's really helped me as a person um my confidence so I, I'm I'm so lucky to get to do them yeah that's cool and have you like so I'm 45 and and uh so i'm a little i'm i'm like 20 years older than you (laughs) (laughs) but have you ever took your phone and i think it's like i've talked to other people around our age you know and i always think i i think it's some it's people that had phones before they were smartphones and like maybe you had a phone right before texting was big where it was a big pain to text somebody because you had to do the you know you Mm -hmm. hit one two times to get a b you know Mm-hmm. I have yes. I have texted somebody and then put the phone up to my ear because because in my head I'm calling them even though I just got done texting them and then I'm holding the phone to my ear for like a good minute going why is this thing not calling and then I looked down I'm like oh my god how dumb can you be <laughs> I, uh, I mean I honestly have lost my phone before and yeah. been looking for my phone as it was in my hand <laughs> and I've also my, my big my big favorite right now and I've done it a few times is when I'm looking at a physical photograph or brochure or picture I put my fingers on it to try and enlarge it <laughs> You're like, and it doesn't do it that's awesome <laughs> oh you gotta get that on video <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so early You've been playing Rowena now for what? Since twenty, what year did you start? I think I started in the July twenty fourteen. So it's getting into six years. Yeah, six seasons it will be. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. crazy. And now with this whole thing, you guys kind of got a little bit of reprieve yeah. for this, yeah, the second half. Supernatural is, is never meant to end. They're literally the universe is not letting the ending. Yeah, <laughs> be yeah. filmed. Yeah. yeah. What What was it like when you got the call? 
And did you go in and and audition, or did they know who you were and wanted you to be to come in? Or no, I, I really um, before my audition for Supernatural, I'd had to go back to Scotland for a year. It had a really 2013 was one of the hardest years of my life, and yeah. it came back out to America, and I hadn't had a TV audition here in two years. And my friend Henrietta, um, there's an English name for you, right? Yeah. Um, sent me an email with this breakdown about this mysterious, potentially Scottish character, and um, I just, I just. There and then, I just thought, whatever happens, I have to get seen for this. So I got in touch with my agent, who kind of said, no, nah, it might be more about being a name than being right for the role. And I got in touch with a Canadian agent who gave me the sides, and I was going to put all my Scottish clips on a CD and drive it to the casting office. And anyway, I, I appealed to my agent to really try, which I'm not very demanding like that, but I said, I really want you to try on this. And, and, and my friend... Um, Henrietta also reached out, I think, for me. And Robert Ulrich, who runs UDK, his wife is an actress. Yeah. And they're a lovely casting office. So he kind of looked at my CV, I think, and kind of understood it a little bit because of some of the theatre on it, and and called me in for a pre-read, like a pre-audition read. And um, I, I took I had two days where I cleared my diary. I gave away tickets watched 14 episodes of the show in two days and learned the sides like they were Shakespeare and kind of went in on the Monday um, into the office and did this little reading at his desk. And yeah. I could see as I was yeah. doing the, the part that he was trying to grab a post-it and stick a post-it and he was like, you're Ruth, right? <laughs> and then the <laughs> next day I was in for the producer session with everybody. It just felt great. And uh, the next day, I think I, long story short, the next day I, I had the part. And initially it was for one, it was, you were booked for one episode. Maybe there was a chance of another one or two. Right. But certainly right. I had no idea that it was going to turn into the next six years of my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, Osric was talking about, they had a, they had a, a, a checklist or a, a, a board you know what I mean? And he always tried to see when his death was going to be because they would never tell him. And There's, somebody yeah. would tell him like, oh, yeah, you know, you might die tomorrow on, on, on the next episode. <laughs> he goes, it just I, kept going for a while. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say I've always been really, really lucky that I, even though I have my character has died a few times, yeah. <laughs> a few yeah. different times, I've always um, had a writer uh, I'm not not name names get into trouble, but I've always had somebody tip me off. Um, <laughs> that would be okay. At one point, I was going up to Vancouver. I was in Vancouver, sorry. And oh, Bob Singer, he's one of the executive producers, and his wife Eugenie, who's one of the main writers of Rowena um, from the, from the get go. And they took me into the office and they said to me, "Can you keep a secret?" And I said, "Yes." No. And they said, "You're not really dead." <laughs> oh. And I said, "I never thought I was." <laughs> <laughs> I just had this weird confidence about it. Yeah. Um, just, you know, energetically, you feel just kind of like this train, this train isn't supposed to stop for me yet. Um, so I've been really lucky in my journey. Um, uh, I think I've done, I don't know if I've done 34 episodes, something like that. And over six seasons. And it's just, I've just been so lucky and so lucky with some of the storylines and, um, some of the one-liners I've been given. I just have been so well looked after by Bob, Bob Behrens, Meredith Glynn, Steve Yockey, Brad and Eugenie, Andrew Dabb. Like, I've been so well. Rubina's yeah. been so well looked after in so many ways. Um, I'm really happy for her. 
That's awesome. She's now the queen of hell. You know, I'm proud, proud of Rowena, proud of her. <laughs> well, Jeff, I know has a couple, uh, at least a question, maybe two questions for you. Okay. I'm going to let him uh, get yeah. in there. Okay. <laughs> oh, th- th- thank you very much. The one thing about Supernatural that I hear probably more often, than I think, with any other show or fan base ever, is the word family. And obviously, yes. Supernatural has a very tight group. And you started on the tenth season, so. Were you automatically just embraced into the group? Did it take you a little while to kind of like build the trust and get um, connected to it? Or was it something that was just like immediate? Um, oh, I can hear myself with feedback. Is that, is that, is that okay? Oh, that's better. Um, I, the, when I was first up there, I was lucky in that my first episode was directed by Jensen Ackles. And awesome. he was so nice to me and took the time to talk to me and make me feel uh, comfortable. And it so happened around about my first episode or two that there was the 200th episode party, which I was invited to. And um, so I'd met Jared back behind the scenes at some point. At one point, I'd met him. And anyway, I bumped into Jared and his wife, Jen, who I'm, I'm friends with now. And uh, they, in the supermarket, having met them once, you know, they were like, Ruth, how are you? You know, in this little supermarket <laughs> in Vancouver. And so that's very much the tone that Jared and Jensen set. Um, I'm not like with, with the convention people and with everything else, I'm very polite. So I'm not pushy, but. The Canadian crew and everything were just, they're so lovely. And the, the, the benefit of coming into a show that's been running so long is it's such a well-oiled machine and people aren't trying to prove themselves. You know, it's there's a way of things working. And, you know, if you can fit into the way it works, you'll be okay. And so, yeah, it was a really, it was just exciting. It was supportive. And also, you know, I had Mark Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> to handle and, uh, and and interesting, kind of fascinating. Um, and it took me a little while, I'd say the conventions, it took me a little while to kind of relax and, and, and you know, get, get drunk with everybody, um, <laughs> as we sometimes do. But for sure now, we're, we are one big, weird, dysfunctional family. My nephew is convinced I look yeah. just like Mark Shepard. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> Mark and I have a great relationship, and I'm actually quite good friends with his mom, his actual mom now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Gina, yeah, and uh, his wife Sarah, and you know his his boys are fantastic, and uh, Max and Will, and then you've got little Isabella. I was at her her fourth birthday party just last month or the month. All the days are blending into one. Gosh. Now, what was um, Jensen like as a director? Um, that was what maybe his third or fourth, I think, attempt at directing one of the episodes. What does he like? Is it different having an actor who's also a director? Um, yeah, it's always, you know, some actor directors are really great. Some directors who are not actors are really great. Um, I do think there can be benefits to having um, a, a director who's been an actor. With Jensen, there were, I had one quite big episode um, with him the next season, I think it was, like an episode where I had four or five scenes and he was so supportive. He, there's something about Jensen. He speaks quite quietly when he's on set, and everyone's kind of quiet and kind of calm and going about their business, and he just really kind of seems to enjoy what you're doing, and that encourages you to do it more. And we were filming in this big, huge warehouse, a scene where I kind of blow up three witches, and there's big cylinder big iron casket cylinders on fire 
are all around me and a big crane camera and a big setup and and you know I would have like a scene with quite a lot of dialogue and you know Jensen would he just I remember him just really trusting me to I kind of did this walk walk through blocking and he liked it and he added a bit and it was it was he just he give he he trusts you and so you trust yourself more and then as I started to do this kind of incantation thing <laughs> I was saying <laughs> uh, these flames and these kind of iron drums all around me start like started to ooh, kind of moan and make this weird sound and he he was like Ruth if you if you mind actually just not summoning the devil uh, <laughs> I'll do another take. He's just so calm and funny and, and cute, you know. His freckles are perfectly symmetrical. That's why I always say about Jensen. It's just <laughs> perfect. Uh, it must be so much fun to deal with all the craziness on Supernatural episodes. I mean, you get to, as a witch, especially, you get to use special effects. You get to use all sorts of craziness. You get to deal with, um, interact with like uh, the Luc- uh, Lucifer's characters and all, and all these other things. What was it like dealing with all those extra special effects and all that? Yeah, I mean, the thing about special effects and stuff is that it's it becomes such a technical exercise, you know, and it's a safety exercise. And uh, there's an episode I did, it was a John Showalter episode. I'm a big fan of John. He's another really empowering um, uh, director. And I had to kind of walk through, kind of say this thing and walk through, um, walk back to the back of the set as things kind of exploded beside me, like, like they were timing it as I walked past things, things would explode. And so we kind of did this, this little walk through and then did the take. And as I was doing it, I could kind of feel the heat of it a little bit. Like it felt like I could, I could feel the energy of the pops and the bangs. And, and anyway, as I got to the back, when the whole thing stopped, the crew gave, gave me a big cheer and a round of applause. And I was like, was that, was that a little bit dead? Like, did I just literally walk through, um, you know, it's artificial glass, you know, but exploding artificial glass. Um, so some of it's, you know, they're, they're always very Should careful, obviously very careful devil? with your safety, but it feels, it still feels, sometimes what I'm saying is you get a sense of the excitement and the energy that's trying to be conveyed by the special effect, and it can help you as an actor sometimes, I think. It's kind of fun in that way. Have you ever gotten hurt on the set from the special effects or anything? Oh, try again, Jeff. Um, have you ever been um, kind of hurt on the set um, dealing with all the special effects and the action scenes that you have to do? No, the only pain that I've had on the set is from my five-inch heels. That's the only pain <laughs> I've had on set. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was it like working with Rick Springfield? That was actually must have been a pretty cool thing to um, interact with the uh, the rock star. Yeah, it was cool, and he was cool, and he was very professional. You know, he was very um, engaged. Um, with the director and the part and being doing a really good job of it. And, you know, <laughs> I had a really cool conversation with him one night um, because the previous woman that he'd worked with, that he'd just worked with was um, everyone's all time hero, uh, Meryl Streep on that oh, wow. movie where she played the con- the country singer. I've just forgotten yeah. the name of it. And Rick's in that movie. And so I just was like trying to pump him for information about Meryl Streep. <laughs> and he was very gracious about it. He's an interesting guy. You know, he, he played um, for the troops after the Vietnam War. You know, he's lived a whole life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he's, he's a really interesting dude. Yeah. Rick is a cool guy. Did you, did, did you fangirl on him more? Or did he fan on you more, do you think? As, um, who was more impressed with the other person? Luckily enough, I, 
I was far enough removed from having an idea of who he was so that I didn't feel that. Like I, I, I just was aware of this, this man who seemed very um, focused and, and professional. And, uh, and then like, then I found the Meryl Streep thing out. <laughs> um, but no, he just, he, he, uh, it, yeah, I had a re- real respect for him. I'm, I fangirled out and I'm just, the name's going out in my head. I did fangirl out. Um, recently in the last season there is an actress from the Witches of Eastwick her name is Veronica oh she was in Body Snatchers that movie uh, with Bill Sutherland I think I'm saying it right I think so anyway she did an episode of our show and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that you know this fantastic actress with a huge body of work was on our set, you know, somebody I'd watched in the Witches of Eastwick, uh, you know, somebody that I long admired and thought she was wonderful. And we had the same birthday. <laughs> and I just totally fangirled on her. And I think she thought I was a bit Are you weird. thinking of Veronica Cartwright? Yes. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> cool. Did you just Google that? Did I you did. I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I did Google it, but she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now, how often do you whisper spin-off to your to the writers of Supernatural? You always go like, you know, Rowena could definitely use some more series. You know, I never have. I, I've never been so presumptuous. I <laughs> did get one idea at once about a, a show about The Last Witch of Scotland. There's a book, and I did speak to the author. Um, and I kind of... I'm kind of a little bit hippy-dippy myself, a little bit witchy myself, and just kind of following the energy... Um, Rowena was going to be in the Wayward spinoff. The, you know, her name was mentioned in the pilot episode. Kim Rhodes took a screenshot of it and sent it to me very kindly. You know that there was an intention of her being a guest. So uh, didn't do in that. that in that show, which would have been so fun. But um, I, you know, I always thought there should at least have been one back episode for Rowena, where we saw her in Scotland in the seventeen, you know, the seventeen hundred and something or another. You know, how she really became who she is. Yeah, I, I just I would have loved to have done something. And Jensen yeah. loves Scotland, so I think he would have been open to something. But I never, I never quite got it past the, uh, to the to the tee off. So now that Supernatural is <clears throat> seemingly wrapping up, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 let God decide. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll get a couple more seasons out of him. But you know, as it's intended, it ho- you know it should be wrapping up. Yeah. What do you hope to be getting to after this? I really hope to do another show. I, um, you know, had a couple of little play readings and nice things lined up, and then obviously COVID kind of scuppered everything. I am really optimistic that we will need content. You know, we're, everybody's watching everything right now. Everyone's stuck at home. We will need content. Yep. I, I am trying to be optimistic that there will be work. Um, things will get made. I've had an audition, a self tape during this time. Um, for something pretty interesting, cool. I just got a new manager, which is really cool and um, exciting. I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'd love to do another show, and I um, may—I sort of don't want to set myself up for, to fail, but I may try to even start to begin to think of writing something. Oh, myself. please do! Yeah. That would be awesome. I yeah. think all, the more that you can do to be creative is is always good. I think there's something out there for everybody yeah. to, to start. Yeah. We do this every day. We have people on every day. And yeah. we're lucky. We're super lucky to be doing this right now. Yeah. And it's, you know, some of it 
has worked out for us because, you know, you're available to come and talk to us. You're not shooting right now. And so, you know, I just don't have the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of positives for this time. What I do think is true is though that the good things and the bad things, everything's kind of amplified. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching the Michelle uh, Obama um, Netflix the other day. I was like bawling my eyes out. Really? Is this an, is this is this normal? <laughs> like, is this is this like I'm been in the house for too long today? Is this you know some of that that Am tends my to emotions in check? <laughs> yeah, but I definitely I think there can be some learning, some real positive learnings about self care. Hopefully, yeah. comes out of all this. Yeah, I'm optimistic well, for the human I'd race. To see you on other shows, I'd love to see you in some movies, and when you start I, writing. I, yeah, I am actually um, rumored to be in a film. If somebody wants to look up on IMDb, they can see what it is. But again, it is COVID depend- depending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's nice yeah. to be rumored about something. I think it's kind of intriguing, right? Rumored. Right? right? Is, it, is, it, <laughs> is it always weird when you hear you're rumored for something? You're like, I hadn't even known. I wish. I hope. I'm like, please can somebody rumor me something with Spielberg. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Rumored for the next Jurassic Park. Mm, mm. <laughs> Take on Bryce. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, her. She's man. such a talented woman. I love her. Yeah, she's great. I mean, it's it. She. you know what I like about her is that she's Ron Howard's daughter, but that's not why you know who she is. You know mm. what I mean? Like it'd be so easy for her to just go on on that and get whatever, you know, probably walk on to almost any movie set she wants to walk on to and get yeah. to know everybody. But she really worked her way up to where she is today. And I, I, I love that. She, yeah. And it's an interesting thing because I know a couple of people who have well-known parents and it's a really interesting thing because, you know, if you were, if your dad was a butcher and, you know, you wanted to get a job in the butcher shop, nobody would question it and you know and I'm not for nepotism or anything but it stands to reason if you grow up in a theatrical or a film household that you might be interested yeah and you know it stands to reason but you know I I think with her I think she's I love she's open about her kind of demons and I just she's so good that Black Mirror episode is she is honestly that's one of the best performances I've ever seen and then she's going to make this documentary as well and I just I really admire I really admire actresses actresses especially who do that um who then take on that mantle and and that and that role and and full of admiration I I gotta I gotta ask you something that I I always want to ask people that are on series especially like how popular Supernatural is are you ever concerned that you'll be typecasted as a Scottish witch yeah, and then you're yeah, going sure. through the next thing, and how do you break out? So, would should your next thing be comedy yeah. or horror, or do you think, man, maybe I should do some sci-fi? You know what I mean? If you had your druthers, what do you do, or do you do some classical because you're theater trained? Yeah. So that's that's such a good that's such a good point, and I, you know, I, in some ways, you know, I should be so lucky to be yeah. offered role after role that was typecast. You know how lucky. Um, my, I, you know, the play readings that I was doing, one was called Heretics, where I was playing a kind of Mary Magdalene character. Um, mm-hmm. and then, so there's fire burning at stake, you know, there, there was definitely some, some similarities. And then, um, Lady Macduff and Macbeth and I, you know, I really, I've been so lucky. I'm going to keep trusting the universe. 
I've been so lucky, you know, I couldn't have imagined playing Mrs. Beaver in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe <laughs> at the Royal Lyceum. That's honestly one of my favorite things I've ever done. I could I could never have imagined I'd be get to do the voice of Princess Merida to any extent. Yeah. I could never yeah. have imagined Romina. And I'm really, I will roll with it, you know. And, you know, ask me two or three rolls down if I'm still playing a Scottish witch, you know, then maybe there's a problem. But right. Um, right. I'm just really grateful if or I can work and so a well character. They just want, everybody just wants to see you in that role. I I I um I think it's it would be good for me to play a real person. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. that would be good for me. Um, but I do that. You know, I do independent films. There's a film I'm really proud of called Harakiri that people can watch online and all the different ways you can find it. Um, you know, I, I still try to do these other things. Yeah, I want to see keep, that. I see that myself. on your IMDb page. You play Candy. Yeah. So that, that I think that'll be an interesting one to watch. And then the one that you're rumored for is Hex and Geddon. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Hex <laughs> and Giddon. Yeah, do you know it's what that like, is? It's cross. It's a cross between a hex and Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, I, I'd love to see you do something more serious. Not that Supernatural isn't serious, but I mean more dramatic. Um, mm. You know, even because I, I think you have the acting chops to do something that can take someone's dramatic breath away. So. I hope so. I, I really love, I just watched all of Dead to Me. I love those two actresses. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, I love like things like The Handmaid's Tale, you know, nothing, nothing, crazy. <laughs> nothing too, no, nothing too lighthearted. Right. Um, you know, I, I really love, and that's kind of what I thought I would get my break in was doing like maybe some kind of really serious Sundance dramatic movie, you know, right. it's be on the Sundance right. Film Festival. Um, but there's such fun and joy in doing something like Supernatural yeah. that I will never knock it. You know, Jensen says that as well. You get to do both comedy and pathos. Um, How often does somebody like Jensen and Pat Alicky come along and get to hmm. do a show for what, 15, 16 years? You know, that just, I mean, just doesn't happen. No, I mean, The Simpsons, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure well, Star Trek. I don't know. It's well, so not rare. even Star Trek. You got with Star Trek, it's, it's, you know, the first one was on, I think, three, maybe four years tops, three and a half years. And then you had seven years on the second on the second generation and then a bunch of movies. But nothing's sustained like Supernatural. I mean, this is uh, this is incredible, especially for a live action. You know, Grey's Anatomy is, is another one, like you mentioned, that was on. It just seems like, God, it just seems like it just, just keeps going. It does, and I think Netflix. I think there was a resurgence when Netflix um, came about. Of, you know, I don't know if that's five or six years ago. Yeah. You know, the the fan base have grown up with us, and now their kids watch it too. Um, and it's really interesting that. that I think both Republicans and Democrats watch it. You know, it seems to appeal to the LGBT community as well as, you know, gun toting Texans. You know, it really. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not to say that gun-toting Texans are not also LGBTQ, but what's interesting though is is the characters develop. You know, it's, you're not watching the same; they grow, which is which is awesome, and they harken back to previous episodes. Yeah, and they've they've created a wonderful universe. I mean, they it's yeah. it's kind of amazing. Hopefully, they get to do a movie. I, that would be amazing. I think that would be awesome. Um, hopefully, I'm still running hell at that point. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome because you can imagine the production value on that. Because that's the one thing I like about the show is so much tactile. It's not all the special. It's not all the CGI that they can do. They do a lot of tactile stuff as well, which makes it feel yeah. more real when you're watching it. 
Yeah, do, I don't know if you saw the episode. There's an episode where there's a John Badham episode where I kind of throw stuff in a in a spell bowl and I roll my eyes back. I'm scrying and my yeah. eyeballs go white. That apparently was one of the most expensive pieces of post they ever did. Oh <laughs> don't wow! Ask me why. You have no like sometimes those things that look relatively simple can be so um, time consuming and co- you know costly to do well, but they really try to. You know, they yeah. they, try, they they do their best with. They do a great job, I think, with the budgets and things they have. Really, the, the pilot is like a movie. Yeah. It's 50 years old. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, they had Dean Morgan in the pilot. It's just like, are you kidding? <laughs> and he, you know, and when he did that, he was he was starting to become a very well-established actor when he did that pilot with them in that first, mm. what, two seasons I think he's in. And mm. you look at him now, he, he's larger than life. And you're just like, are you kidding? All these different people that have come in and out of Supernatural, it's like a who's who. Yeah, he. I met him at a convention, a couple of conventions. He's so nice. Yeah, so lovely. Yeah, and yeah, it's amazing. And he came back, you know, to do to do the three hundredth, which was really cool. And I, yeah, what what cool dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. It's Thanks such a pleasure to meet with to meet with you and talk with you. <laughs> thank you. It's been really fun. Oh, you're lovely. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> we'll talk thank to you, you soon. Okay, see you later. Thanks, Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And we're back. That was a lot of fun. Ruth was great. I cannot wait to have her back on and talk some more about her career and just more about her. Uh, we learned a lot on this episode. and We had a lot of fun talking about Supernatural, about her history and acting and, and growing up in in, in, you know, in Scotland and all that fun stuff. And uh, I, I really, uh, secretly, I hope that uh, Supernatural becomes back and we get more Rowena, even though I know she died, but no one's ever died. She's died multiple times, you know, in Supernatural, so she can easily come back. But they can make a Rowena spinoff show, but they can actually, you know, they should actually make that Wayward Sister show because at this point, why not? But anyways, so the show. that's a show. Johnny, yeah, give him the spiel. The spiel. All right. Go to SpoilerVerse.com. Check out our show, Spoiler Country. I almost said our show, SpoilerVerse. Whatever. Check out our show, Spoiler Country. Check out my other show, Haphazard Adventures, and my other other show, White to See Our Radio. Check out our sister shows, Bridge the Geekdoms, Nerdtocalypse, and Funny Book Forensics, Narrative Gunslingers, and Nerds from the Crypt, and all the other shows we have there. Shoot the Sith, Robot, Star Wars. And then check out all the articles by Jay Roach and by Robert Savinsky and Colton Payne and or Colton Bird, depending on which day it is, and Sarah Kay and myself, and sometimes Kendrick when he feels like it. And they're just and, and David writing reviews and, and doing his quarantine adventure stuff. There's so much stuff there. And while you're there, click on that store button. Go to our store. Pick up a t-shirt. Pick up a something. And it helps us keep the lights on. We get a couple dollars out of it. It helps us pay the bills. Pick us something. I don't care what it is. You get a sticker. Get a face mask. Get whatever. Helps pay the bills. Keep the show going. You know, keep everything going with uh, our paying our hosting fees and equipment fees. It's, it, it really helps out. And then go to your podcatcher. Type in Spoiler Country. Hit subscribe. Download all the episodes. Give us a review. Tell us, I mean, we don't, a lot of people say, you know, give us only five stars. Honestly, give us an honest review. If we're five stars, we're great. Awesome. If we're only four stars, write a review and tell us why. Because I want to know why. I want you to give us honest review. That's what I want. Because one, it helps other people find us and it helps us grow and be better as a podcast. Yeah. And besides, you can't be all things to all people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I prefer honest, honest reviews. Right. All right, guys. I think that's a great spiel. Thank you, Johnny. Yep. And don't forget, Hilson's a podcast. We are the thing that's compelled you to do. Open the mind and read more. <laughs>